I would call him. I said, are you crying yourself to sleep? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> are you crying yourself to sleep? I'm like, do you want to do something fun? And he was like, sure, why not? I so that. I call this misery that. friends because <laughs> who else can you be honest that way? So we would. he took me on roller coasters so we could scream it out. We went and did a lot of screaming karaoke. We went to movies that sucked so we could just laugh at how terrible this is. Like We just laughed a lot. And the next thing you know, all those bullet holes and stab wounds in our hearts from our previous partners started to get spackled in with like giggles and laughter. And the next thing you know, we're just giggling and laughing. That's and the we move thing forward. that mostly is like, Allegra makes me laugh every day. I'm a clown. <laughs> I'm Ilaria Baldwin. And I'm Alec Baldwin. And this is our podcast, What's One More? Today we're talking to actor Jared Harris and his wife, Allegra Reggio. You've probably seen Jared in one of his many roles on Mad Men, Chernobyl, The Crown, or a ton of other movies and TV series. His lovely wife, Allegra, is a lighting director and a TV host. Their story is not much different from our own. This was not Jared's first marriage, and Allegra was coming out of another relationship. There's also a pretty wide age gap <clears throat> between the two of them. <laughs> we wanted to dedicate this episode to relationships and marriage and take a look at how spouses support each other in different ways. We've all been in that place where we're either in a relationship that is not working out, and how do we get the courage to change it, to leave it? This couple has been through a lot um, and they connected in a very unique way that you're going to hear about. So you should listen up for the wisdom of how to live a happy couple life. Here's our conversation with Jared and Allegra. One of the things that has inspired me about you guys is that I read your story about how you met. And I read your story about how you fell in love and how you guys pulled each other out of what seems to be a hard time. Misery. Misery. When we first met, we realized that we had been basically sort of crossing each other on, on the street, but never realizing it for a couple of years because we lived three or four blocks away from each other and we're going to all the same places in New York City. Same pizza, same live band karaoke. That's crazy. Same pasta for, you know, afternoon. Same comedy. Same hangover recovery places. <laughs> <laughs> Talk us through a little bit about how you met for, for people who don't know. It was an accident, as all good stories begin, at a bar in that... Comedy club. Yeah, it was a, at the back of um, Bar Lubitsch, our friend Seth Herzog from New York, who you guys are really close with Jimmy Fallon. He's Jimmy Fallon's warm-up guy. Uh -huh. He was doing his comedy show in LA and he sent out a newsletter like all nice little comics do and we both got it and Jared was going through a pretty horrific divorce and I was going through the beginnings of a terrible breakup with the man that I had moved to Los Angeles for and we both independently thought well I could use a laugh and Seth always makes me laugh so we went and at the end of that show he introduced everybody who came to support him and stuff and Jared and I met and then Everybody had drinks and went home and that was it. And then the next day, uh, the Joshes were doing their comedy show and Seth came again. So I went out and Jared was there. And my girlfriend's like, hey, it's that guy from last night. We should invite him to sit at our table. I said, yeah, he was cool. Um, and we sat down and between comics, we talked about our lives. And he was like, terrible divorce, heartbroken. And I said, this guy, I swear to God, I don't know why anybody moves for love. What a stupid idea. And then he went over to get us drinks and my girlfriend literally forcibly grabbed me hard. And she said, he's a really nice man. And I said, yeah, ow, like why? <laughs> Unhand me. And so uh, at the end, 
he asked me for my number and I said, sure. And then I asked him for his number and he did this thing that I call sputtering and clunking, which is a British thing that- Where like, you get embarrassed. Hugh, Hugh Grant made famous. This, well, I, um, I, well, um, I, um, well. And I said, well, there's no point in me giving you my number if I don't get yours. And it's a good thing because he never called. And I just thought we would be friendly, you know, I, I guess, I mean, I don't, why did you ask me for my number? Well, I was trying to, as in going to that club that night, there were people there that I knew and I had basically, I moved to New York, LA, and I didn't know anybody. So I was trying to develop a community of people. But at the same time, I really wasn't up to it. You know, I, I was still staring off into the night, you know, and watching, putting logs on the fire and trying to figure <laughs> out the hell's, how did this all go wrong? So I, it was a sort of, this is the sort of thing I should do. I should ask for number and get to know people. And at the same time, I just didn't have that, the wherewithal to, to follow through with it. Aww. But I did. You, see, you know, so. you said, how did it all go wrong? <laughs> how did what go wrong? Oh, I was getting divorced and I just couldn't, you know, it was. He was a, so heartbroken. It was a miserable situation. It was so sad. With Millie. Yes. Got it, got it. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen Absolutely. a man so sad in my life. Oh. And I'm the type of person where if I see somebody that's sad, I want to make them, I want to cheer them up. And I was really sad. And whenever I'm sad, if I do something nice for someone else, I feel better. So I would call Jared. Uh, or text him once a month to make sure he didn't take that long walk off a short pier, if you know what I'm saying. And he, just to check on him. So I checked on him once a month for six months. And then I was going through a really rough time at work and I needed to scream my frustration out. And I do that at karaoke publicly, just so like the anger comes out of me and lands on other people, you know? And so I called a bunch of people to see if they wanted to go to karaoke. And Jared was the only one who got back to me. So we went. That was that was because uh, we met in April, and that was the end of September. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about was karaoke, and that we used to go to the same karaoke places. And I couldn't find people to do it here. I was like, "Yes, okay, I'm going to go. This is the sort of thing I should do." Tell me, what is the great Jared Harris, one of the great actors of our generation? <laughs> what is his go-to karaoke number? What is he warbling Ooh. there in the karaoke? We've cafe? discovered a lot about Jared through the art of karaoke. Yes, tell me. I want to know. <laughs> I what is, one of the, what's his best? One of the, what's his greatest hit it's always good to start with something short that makes people laugh so <laughs> i like to do sit on my face or isn't it nice to have a penis <laughs> he's a monty python man <laughs> but i'm wondering for people who are in the business that we're in that we're, the four of us are in in different ways and that is that how the uh, intersection of your evolution in terms of your career and relationships and marriage and family, how they've interacted, how work fits into my life now is so different from the way that it used to be. How is that for you? You know, I think that it settled in my mind. The difference is that when you know you're with someone who's just got your back 100%, you know, and, and it supports you and supports you with what you want to do. It just takes a lot of the a lot of stress off. How did you guys get to that place? Oh God, it was so dark. I mean, it's funny because it, it took six months for us to start hanging out um, like as friends even because Jared was away. You were shooting a, a movie in Oregon and you were doing yeah. Mad Men and yeah. you know he was always out of time, which is fine. You know, I wasn't trying to like meet someone after what I'd been through. I couldn't even make it past Ventura into the valley. I was so heartbroken because mm. he used to live in the valley. I, I, for a year I had to stay. I was It was so dark. And I guess we realized... You know, when you speak to strangers about what's really going on in your heart, you can be more honest because everybody in our lives were really sad and angry for us. But we could speak to each other because we, we didn't know each other. 
I remember yes. the thing that we said very early on was we both had pasts and no spring chickens. We, we weren't going to uh, freak out over the fact that we both have lived the lives. Right. And that at that point in time that we met, we needed to give each other the space to be able to to reconcile and get closure on those relationships, you know, internally and emotionally and not right. get freaked out about, oh, well, you know, you are, you're off in the corner, drifting off into space. What are you thinking about? You know, and then you, some, you know, oh, well, I've been, you, because you're still trying to process all those feelings and those emotions, we, we weren't going to get freaked out about that. Just give each other the space to be able to deal with all that I stuff. I think jealousy is a useless emotion and my ex-boyfriend was a real jealous idiot. So I told Jared, I said, look, you know, I'm 34 years old. I've had a past. If you're going to give me a problem about it, this is never going to work. We're adults. I cannot deal with it. I know that you've been married before. We're going to be friends. It's going to be cool. We're going to be supportive. And then I would call him. I said, are you crying yourself to sleep? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> are you crying yourself to sleep? I'm like, do you want to do something fun? And he was like, sure, why not? I so that. I called us misery that. friends because <laughs> who else can you be honest that way? So we would. he took me on roller coasters so we could scream it out. We went and did a lot of screaming karaoke. We went to movies that sucked so we could just laugh at how terrible this is. Like We just laughed a lot. And the next thing you know, all those bullet holes and stab wounds in our hearts from our previous partners started to get spackled in with like giggles and laughter. And the next thing you know, we're just giggling and laughing. That's and the we move thing forward. that mostly is like, Allegra makes me laugh every day. I'm a clown. <laughs> <laughs> So was there a defining point of like, of like, oh, wow, now we're done. We're done with being misery friends. And now we're like, hey, it's you and me. And let's just go off and we feel free and clean from what happened before. The moment for me, because I was dating, you know, like we were friends and we were spending a lot of time together. And then we spent more and more time together because Jared's the greatest. So why would I want to spend time with other people? But I would tell him about these dates that I would go on because for somebody who lives in L.A., like good grief. Like people would ask me out, whatever. I mean, why wouldn't they? And so I was running the lights <laughs> at this giant nightclub in Hollywood. So I was always out and around people and, you know, dealing with things. And men just don't know what to do with themselves when they see a woman who's in control of so much technology and doesn't give two shits about them. They're like, <laughs> I want to spend time with you. You're not like other women in LA. I'm like, fine, whatever. A girl's got to eat. So I would tell Jared about these guys that I would go out with because it was hilarious. Like, why not? And uh, there was a French... Frenchman, an Italian, and the Englishman. Anyway, so, there was a French soccer player. I was an Englishman, yeah. <laughs> okay. I would have them bring all soccer players to my, my light booth because I love soccer. Anyway, the French soccer player, the uh, uh, Italian restaurateur, and the British actor who was my friend but then became more than that. So Jared being obsessed with soccer, as or football as the British call it. Um, <laughs> as it is called. He was morbidly <laughs> interested in the Frenchman because the Frenchman used to play for Chelsea and he was on the French Cup, uh, the World Cup winning team. And so Jared was familiar with who this person was. And then this French guy wanted to meet Jared because he always wanted to be an actor. So one night Jared's at the club with me because it's so funny to see Jared in a nightclub because it just doesn't seem like his natural environment. And so he's watching me do lights because I guess it's a performance. Next thing you know, I feel this presence behind me and there's the Frenchman and he has a huge knot on his head. Right. And so I'm like, Jesus Christ, what happened to you? He's like, I got rear ended and I didn't know what to do. So I came to the club and he starts glaring at Jared and they're looking at each other. said, oh, Jared, this is you know, the Frenchman, the Frenchman, this is Jared. And they start talking about soccer and acting and all this stuff. And I had to get them away and do this all the thing. 
So everything's going fine there. Flash forward to the next week. I go on a date with this Australian producer and I tell Jared. That was the line in the sand for me. Yeah. The Frenchman, <laughs> the no. Italian and the Englishman was fine. And now there's an Australian. I was like, okay. Oh, no. Enough no. of this. And enough of Australian this. Yeah, that was it. That Too was, far. That's where I drew the line. <laughs> we spend so much time together and marriage is so much about being together, but we have to maintain our separate identities as well. And how do you guys do that? Well, good grief. Look at us. We couldn't be more different. <laughs> we give each other space. You know, we, we we kind of know when to get out of each other's way and leave each other alone and so that we have this private space for each other. I know when I'm irritating him and it's always when he's reading a script and I want to talk about like a zillion things at once. And he's, he's like, I need, I got to get out just go I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> but you know jared's not bad he's just drawn that way on the inside we're very very similar on the exterior we're of course uh very different but i think our hearts sort of shine the same way what would you say for people who are listening and they're in a place of either misery out of a relationship in a relationship of what how do you grow through that pain without getting discouraged Time, but also, you know, I remember my father said something to me that always stuck with me after I got divorced the first time. <laughs> and he said, There are times the charm is so far enough. And he said, Jared, just so you know, because I was obviously complaining about what had gone wrong and everything. And he went, You are 100% responsible for your side of what went wrong. And you have to accept that and own it. I guess that basically is, is, own your mistakes, you know? Mm. Take responsibility for yourself. Yeah. I think that's really difficult for people to even recognize without help or guidance. My entire life changed when I realized every relationship I had in Miami was the same and the men couldn't be completely different. So when I moved to New York full time, I said, all right, I'm going to be single for two years because I got to figure out what the hell is wrong. It's obviously coming from me. And when I took responsibility for my choices and why I was making such choices in the type of men that I was dating, my whole life opened up. But when it comes to misery, in my experience, if I'm miserable, I do something nice for someone else and it cheers me up. You know, uh, it's um, not a complete answer, but in Jared's case, I wanted to cheer him up because he was so lovely and he didn't deserve to be so sad. And maybe he felt the same way about me and we just kept cheering each other up until we you know, it's like putting one foot in front of the other. Eventually, no matter how hard it is, you put one foot in front of the other each day. Eventually, you look back and wherever you were when you were that sad is so far away, you can barely see it. My question for Jared is, is that, you know, Jared has been married before a couple times. I was married once before. And it's like, I'm not young. I'm not, you know, my wife is considerably younger than I am. I'm not young, but I'm somebody who very much wanted what we have now. You know, I came to this situation although I certainly haven't gotten it right every minute of the day, every day. It's something that I want. It's something that I want. Whereas before I thought it was, it seemed like the right thing to do when I was kind of going through motions, you know what I mean? And now it's so much more real for me now. This situation is so much more real for me than anything I've ever had before. How do you feel about that? I was very immature the first time. But I mean, at this point, I'm, I adore Allegra and I love her company and I, Keep going. I, That's only three. <laughs> I was two, actually. I've got... I adore it. I love Gary. a company's two. Um, um, and I want this in my life, and uh, I want us in, in my life, and I'm happy for the, the stability of it. We have a very Did grounded... Did you just call me mature? No, I'm mature, darling. 
I have matured like a good cheese. <laughs> yes. That's what like that smell is. I've been yeah, wondering. <laughs> exactly. That yes. Luckily, she likes cheese. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, Jared's first wedding, he his first marriage, he was very young and his... Second oh, one. well, it was also, I'd been in boarding schools all my life. You didn't and know been what around, women were. Been around men since, you know, boys. I'd just been in the company of, of males. So I had no idea yeah. at all. Lord of the Flies. It's like Lord <laughs> of the terrible. Flies. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We just, I couldn't get my hands on the conch shell. I didn't understand what's going wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Perfect. After Mad Men, Jared's career took him mostly back to England and Europe. So he was gone a good, like, six or seven months of the year. And he used to not be the best at calling. And, you know, you have to remain, like, in touch. I mean, you know, you don't have to be crazy, but within reason. And I told him, I said, you know, we can't be going on separate paths. We're starting to lead separate lives. We need to be more in touch. And so he made more of a, a concerted effort. But it was it was tough being away from him for so long. Oh, so proud, doing the best work of his life, obviously. But um, this time of, all I ever wished for like on stars or eyelashes or what have you, is to have more time, which is the one thing that we can't ever have. And this year, oddly, has been a gift. <laughs> so I actually enjoyed all the time we got to spend with each other. And she was amazing because she, she saw the whole thing coming really early. And she, uh, having lived in Miami, she knew what the whole emergency preparation was. I know was. how to prepare for disaster. So she, she had... <laughs> She was like the first three or four days back. She was just out shopping every day. And she, we got like water purification. And, he and thought case, I was nuts. I, I did in the beginning. Genius. He was really irritable. She, like canned food. Like, we have so much spam. The, it's amazing. The word no. is, he, <laughs> yeah. he was cross. He was cross. Oh, no. like, what are we doing with all this? What but, happened but actually, was. And then she started to grow stuff in the garden. Like, I mean, beautiful. I bought weapons. And, and, yeah, <laughs> uh, potatoes. She really blossomed. My father is a former Marine, so it seems like my entire life I've been prepared for disaster. Where did you grow up, Allegra? I'm from Staten Island originally. But no. We moved to Brazil when I was a kid, and then we moved to South Florida, where I languished in obscurity until I built my empire in South Beach in the 90s, which was great. And then I had an apartment in the East Village and South Beach, so I was doing that, and that's the story. Do you miss England, Jared? Do you ever miss England? I met, I've got friends and family there. I miss the, um, I love uh, a good pint of bitter. Um, I miss the punditry on the football programs. Um, the first thing I used to do when we get home from school, when I, was at, I went to boarding school when I was seven, and the very first thing we'd do is we'd arrive back home, mum would greet us at the door and she'd go, oh, hello, kiss her. We'd just give her a perfunctory kiss straight to the kitchen, white toast, hot butter, marmalade. And I, there's something about, I don't know what it is, that British bread. Um, so I missed that. Marry but, um, yourselves a man who loves toast, people. You'll never regret you it. <laughs> so there's things about it that I do miss. I always thought we would live there at some point, you know, but with Brexit, it's just so bananas. So you would say, Jared, the answer to that question is how it's different for you this time is what? How what being back in England is No, different. no, being no, married. No, third marriage. Oh, being Jared. married, being married. I'm sitting right here. Um, well, you know, I, I, I learn how to take my cues. Uh, um, it's, I think Allegra's, I mean, we're sort of better partners to each other. We understand each other and we, um, we complement each other in, in, um, I guess in ways that I wasn't really ready for before, maybe in the beginning. Um, and she understands me and I get her and quite often, We'll be sitting in the car and 
one of us will say something and we'll look at the other person and go, I just get out of my head. I was just thinking exactly We're the same thing. We're those people now. We are. We, <laughs> it's that. shocking how often that happens. So gross. What's like one great piece of advice that you would want to give people listening? My advice about relationships <laughs> would be to women out there is that, you know, only surround yourself with people who are mentally challenging and interesting to you because I love a smart guy. You know, I had my abs in the day. Not that the models weren't smart. They were very well read mostly, but um, time. marry somebody who you, would, you can admire. Jared is so extremely thoughtful and considerate and well read and, you know, he's just so interested in so many subjects and the language he uses is fascinating and you know, I just, I'm, I'm always proud of him and I want to be near him. So marry somebody or be in a relationship with somebody that challenges you in that way or else you're just going to be bored and who's got time for that? Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good, I mean, something that you're, you're learning from all the time. I, I learn from her all the time. Oh. Uh, I do. I mean, I, Jared I'm, knows who Carl Cox is now. Uh, well, not, yeah, but those are facts. Little it's Louis actually, Vega. It's like you're... I'm I'm always impressed by Paul Van Dyke. your the, your speed of thought, your um, her quickness. Yeah, you, yeah and you you have like an intuitive understanding of things that sometimes take me a bit longer to catch up with. And uh, I I I'm impressed by her, and I feel like I'm lucky that she feels that way about me. So um, that that she cares about me. So I. I would say is you want to you want to be with someone who you're you you haven't figured out you know what I mean you want to, you're still learning about them and they're still teaching you things and and most of all laughter I think you've got to you've got to laugh together Jared's much funnier than people give him credit for hey <laughs> he's super giggly I just wish Hollywood let him be funny oh, well that's a different thing there were no laughs in Chernobyl. Yeah, okay. I think Stellan got no, one. Yeah, no, yeah. there were no laughs. In yeah, I begged Craig, please, can I have yeah. just one joke? No jokes for you. They were drunk the entire time. <laughs> what's your what's one more? So the, the podcast is called What's One More? For Jared and I, usually it's like, what's one more cocktail? What's one more winter soldier? Can we squeeze <laughs> another WandaVision in tonight? <laughs> right. It's a dream to get Jared in the Disney Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because then we could buy the top of that mountain that I've been looking at in Italy. Yes. Just, Yes. Put a sign on the street and says, you know, forget dogs, beware of owner. <laughs> Damn. It's so nice to meet you. It's and so I'm nice following to meet you both. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. No, thank you for doing nice this. Nice to meet Bless you. you both. You know, I've always been a great admirer of Jared Harris. He's a wonderful actress, but I fell in love with her too. She's very funny. She's very funny. Yeah, she's very funny. And I love that they connected with each other through a hard time and they took the fact of that hard time not to bring us themselves down and they talk about being jealous and how that's a waste of time and I think it was just this opening their eyes of this is our life we want to make it count we want to be happy we want to make the choice to live each day to the fullest so extremely inspiring and I'm very grateful for all of their wisdom thanks for hanging out with us make sure to rate review and follow the show on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with your friends and help us grow we'll talk to you guys next week